Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Welcome, my name is Pastor Dominic Romaldi, and you are listening to Street Talk Theology, where we keep theology real and bring it to the streets. I want to include my email address and would love some feedback from you guys concerning Street Talk Theology. You can reach me at PastorGromaldi at gmail.com. And like I always say, Street Talk Theology is not about me. It's about how people bring their theology to the streets whether that's in the home, school, marriage, family, and or friendships. Well, guess who I got back? We have Eddie McLaughlin back, my dear friend, my brother in Christ. And uh, we were both ex-convicts. God has been kind to both of us. Um, So, Eddie, say hello to um, uh, the Street Talk Theology audience. uh, Well, hello, everybody. It's great to be here this afternoon on Street Talk Theology. Good to be back with you, Pastor Dominic. Always good to have you, Eddie. And so let's go over. Let's go over what we went over just quickly. I'm going to repeat what we went over last week. We spoke about your testimony. We spoke about some of the struggles after you came out being in prison 25 years, being on death row. We spoke about your lovely wife, Paula, and children, your seminary experience we spoke about. Then we spoke about the mentors in your life. And then we left off with prison fellowship. I I do have a a funny story because, as you know, I go into the prisons with Eddie. We don't go in there now because of COVID. But I remember the first time I went in with Eddie, they actually handed me keys. And, you know, Eddie, you know, you can relate, you know, from being in prison, me doing well over 20 years in prison and you doing well over 20 years in prison. Us getting handed keys is kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> keys in the radio to some of the very same prisons we were in. And uh, we walk in there with our Bibles and, and get to preach the gospel and evangelize. And that's what it's all about. And um, I've always had a heart to reach uh, the incarcerated. And uh, I've done jail ministry. I was a badged volunteer doing jail ministry back in 2005 and been down in the trenches of the Maricopa County Jail doing ministry, uh, doing uh, visitation for my church. If somebody wound up in jail, I'd, I'd be sent down there to go and, and do ministry. In uh, 2018, I was kind of minding my own business, kind of like uh, Peter. You know, Eddie, going back Eddie, and- Eddie, you never mind your own business. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of minding my own business and in between seminary and stuff. And I had an opportunity uh, to meet Nathan Hale, the Arizona director of Prison Fellowship. And, and we went out to lunch. And We'd like to we- get Nathan on here, Eddie. Yeah, I definitely want to have Nathan. He's a great brother in Christ, has amazing vision for God. And it's just incredible. And Nathan and I had lunch together and he was exploring, you know, and he saw the value in my testimony. And he said, hey, what would it take for us to get you back into prison? What's your heart's desire? And I've always wanted to evangelize and go back into prison. And uh, we went back into prison the first time, December 8th, 2018, for a hope event that was done in a high medium security prison down in the Iman complex. And uh, that particular weekend uh, we had gone down there. And this is the first time you went in Eddie. 
First time that's, you went in? That's my first, that's a, about the third time I've been back in. And of course, I reached out to you at the last minute and kind of threw you under the bus and said, hey, brother, come on, let's go back into prison together. Yeah, you know? that's the last place I wanted to go, but I no, went. No, I think, I think, yeah, no, I think you wanted to go. I don't know about Rachel. She's like, what, what are you doing taking my husband back into prison? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we did 43 baptisms that weekend. It's December. It's cold out. And uh, these brothers are, are tatted down from head to toe in their orange jumpsuits. And we got the galvanized trough out there and the brothers are coming up and saying, Hey brother, can you baptize us? And uh, just a great opportunity to go back into the prison church. And I think what people don't realize is what the Holy spirit and what God's doing, Amen. Uh, not just here in Arizona, but across the country in our nation's prisons and a tremendous revival is taking place in, in the nation's prisons. You know, and, and you know, Eddie, uh, one thing is, uh, you know, and we, we've spoken about this on a number of occasions, you know, the rubber meets the road. I mean, it, it, and, and it's hard to say. I mean, true conversion is true conversion. We know that theologically. Remember, this is street talk theology. We keep it real. If you're truly converted in prison, you're going to come out and and God is going to you, you're sanctified when you come out. God is going to providentially keep you. You are going to persevere as, as, a, as a true believer. But there's a lot of times, Eddie, that um, you see, and I hate to use this word, not jailhouse conversions, but people who are in prison, but when they come out, um, they, might, they might have not been really converted um, in prison. And that's always, um, I mean, that's a work of the spirit. But that's that's the challenge when we go into the prisons, because and here's here's the point I'm trying to make. We want to give them the real gospel. Exactly. Exactly. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We don't yeah. want to uh, we don't want to soft stroke the gospel. They need to repent and believe the gospel. So we don't want to just tickle their ears. So um, explain to me how you do that. I mean, how uh, how. That's important to you, obviously. Well, I'm a very conservative theologian. And, you know, you look at the recidivism rate here in Arizona and across the country, and you see people that are that are in the prison church, and you're working with them for a number of years, and they wind up coming out and going back into prison. So it causes you to search your heart Amen. and really, really examine uh, the message, you know, that you're bringing in there and your method of discipleship in there. And obviously, the prisons are flooded with all types of uh, prosperity. Uh, gospel theology, and you've got people that That's what don't I mean. have that don't have any control over their own personal life. So if they can create a God that they can just command to do anything that they want to do, and make them healthy, wealthy, and, and have a lot of money, that's appealing, you know, to people that are in a situation, you know, that are incarcerated. So it's very important, you know, to preach the biblical gospel to confront them with their sins and, and to point them to the savior, to point them to Christ and, and to emphasize the new birth and to teach Bible doctrine. I mean, that's very, very important. Good sound Bible doctrine in and, prison. And, we, and I think we, we try to accomplish that when we do go into the prisons. And that's why I said, even you, when you got saved, you, you still had, God didn't just take you out. I mean, oh, no, I, yeah, no, I struggled. I mean, with my salvation, um, the man that led me to Christ, he would disciple me and I would tell him, well, you don't understand. Uh, I've been an alcoholic and a, since I was a preteen and, and just battled with drugs. I said, I'm criminally insane. And, and he's like, no, brother, you have the mind of Christ in you. And I happened to be discipled by a very sound, a doctrinally sound man, John Nelson. And 
he went over the the fundamentals of the face with me, you know, the, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and the authority of scripture and just basic Bible doctrine that was really important. And that's what shaped my theology in prison. Hey, Eddie, I think we're all criminally insane until we get the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> we that, right? We're all ex-convicts. You know, um, and we, we talked about seminary. Seminary was hard. Um, but I do want to say how I want to I want to thank Eddie even on air. I've thanked him before. But when I had my my brain aneurysm and, and uh, I, I was in pretty rough shape for a couple of weeks, I remember my wife, Rachel, telling me that um, Eddie came in there and he just he just kind of cried and I mean I I wasn't too coherent was I Eddie I don't, I don't no I don't I don't know I mean I went to the you know obviously it was very serious surgery and um, I was in school and I think you were finishing up your degree actually and a lot of the professors at the school the seminary professors were praying for you and um, I had an opportunity to go there right after the surgery so it was like right after you came out of surgery and I wasn't there very long and. You know, I just wanted to go be there uh, for you as my brother, man. You had yeah. been there for me, and I, I wanted to be there for you and had an opportunity to see Rachel and uh, seeing you with your post-op dress and everything. It was just a very emotional time for me, and it was heartrending, and I just started weeping, Yeah, I, basically. Rachel, yeah, Rachel told me, and I, I appreciate that, brother. I love you, man. Yeah. Now, we know you're going to the prisons, but right now we can't go into the prisons. But no. you got some stuff coming up down the pike that I think we the audience needs to know about. Well, I mean, with COVID, actually, the church world is changing, obviously, just across the country. And the prisons have been closed since March the 2nd, I think, was the last time we were in prison. And uh, Prison Fellowship is trying to reach out and explore new ways to uh, bring the gospel into the prison uh, through uh, their ministry and a different type of a platform you know, how to deliver their ministry digitally inside the prison system right now and uh, have a hope event, like an evangelistic event. We've got one planned for Christmas that's coming up here on the 22nd and the 23rd um, uh, from our church, Faith now Bible this Church. Is, now, this is actually um, for women. I mean, not, not for women, but this is actually for a you're, you're going to be remotely going into a woman's prison. Is exactly. This will be going into the women's prison. I, I, I had been in the women's prison, I think, two years ago. I was in the women's prison. Very, very emotional, very moving uh, event. I went in on an Angel Tree event as a volunteer. And it's just a very, very moving event. Had a chance to present the gospel in there with the prison fellowship team. So uh, we're looking for opportunities. I think prison fellowships building a bridge back into the prison system, and they're trying to like every other ministry in the valleys, looking for unique ways to minister to their congregation. And I think that's what Prison Fellowship's working on and, right and, now. You know, and I'm gonna, I want to say this because we need to say this. There are, and I, I know Eddie and Eddie knows me, we look for unique ways to preach, but we never change the message. Amen. We Amen. never change the message. We'll, all this technology, praise the Lord, we got it, but we are going to preach Christ and him crucified and resurrected no matter what. And, and, and Eddie, you know, with that, and I want to kind of switch gears, but not really switch that much. So obviously um, you got this event coming up. You're, we're trying to find new ways to do ministry while we're on COVID lockdown, so to speak, and we can deal with lockdown. We've, 
we're familiar with lockdowns, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you have a <laughs> you have a, a a house for women. Now, I I know that you um, tell me about this house for women that you have, or what it's called, or how eventually you'd like to get this off the ground. So about a year maybe, ago, maybe, maybe somebody's maybe. listening. Maybe somebody wants to uh, help or or. Um, be involved in this, you know? So about a year ago, uh, we were approached by some friends of ours that knew our heart and they wanted, they uh, wanted to help us launch uh, Eddie McLaughlin ministries. And um, so they were able to help us uh, financially with that. So we were able to launch our own ministry. And in the process of time, uh, I was approached by some businessmen in my church and they had some housing available and they said, Hey, we have this house available. What do you think that we could do with this house possibly? And it's over in the West Valley. And I said, wait, how about using this house to transition women out of the prison church and disciple them and help them be reunited with their children uh, so that they made the house available to us. Our ministry pays all the bills on that. And we're, we're trying to bring this house online right now. I've got a live-in manager on site. Her name is Christy Anglin. And so I've got a woman on site and I'm working on the possibility of trying to bring women out of the prison system to house them. That's my heart right there. My heart is transitional ministry. I love to be able to do transitional ministry, all aspects of prison ministry. I like to do Uh, you can, if you're interested in helping us financially, if you want to just pray for us, Um, If you have job opportunities for women coming out of prison or even men coming out of prison, you can contact me at uh, em2ministries at gmail.com. I want to make sure everybody gets that information. We'll mention that again at the end. Um, Let me see. I got, I got something here. So what are you praying for right now in your life concerning future ministry opportunities. Let me, let me just expound on that a little bit. I, I want to put a, I hate to use the word plug, but I want to put a plug in for my uh, uh, brother, Eddie, that Eddie is looking for full-time ministry and Eddie would be a blessing to any church or any church that has evangelist. And he can preach, Eddie can preach too. But I, I, Tell me what you're praying for. I know your heart, Eddie. I know you want to be in full-time ministry. Am, am I correct? Yeah, well, I have a heart for God. I've always felt like ever since I got converted, I've always felt like there was a calling on my life to serve God. And I've been able to serve him by the grace of God in a number of different ways. And I just have a burning desire to know to, to serve him. And I don't really know exactly what that looks like right now as a way of a call but um, I'm excited about what's ahead of me right now. I've had a lot of opportunities. It seems like the more I pray, the more doors open up for me. Um, we just did a podcast in our church. Um, you've opened up the Street Talk uh, Theology radio show for us. That's been a blessing. And I've got a boldness for Christ, just a holy boldness. And I just desire people to come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, So continue to pray for me that God would lead me and obviously would love to be able to be in a situation where I'm doing full-time uh, ministry, uh, pastoral ministry or evangelistic ministry. Eddie, give me a prison story, buddy. Well, a prison story. <laughs> you got any I, prison? Come on. After 25 years, you got to have a prison story, man. I, you know, I just want to say, you know, I, 
I just wish people out here in, in the free world out here could really catch a grasp of, of what prison uh, church is like. You know, everywhere I go, I try to educate the churches out here as to what does it look like in the, in the prison church. And back in the 1990s, the prison system had hired a, a prison chaplain. And I remember him coming into the chapel and he had this Maranatha praise booklet and it had a purple cover on it. And he was trying to sing, he was trying to teach us how to sing these modern choruses that were very popular in a lot of the area churches. And he was going through this book and he was saying, well, surely, you know, this chorus, you know, isn't he, that was a big chorus. So he's going through this book and he's trying to find these choruses and he could not find one (laughs) contemporary chorus that we knew. And I'll never forget this. He looked at me and he said, well, what do you guys do? How do you guys sing? And I went back to the back of the chapel. They had a rickety old bookcase and they had these Baptist hymnals with the covers torn off of them. And we passed out those hymnals. Be careful what you say about Baptists, Eddie. And, and, and the guys, and the guys, we started belting out hymns a cappella in the chapel. And that's how we did worship in prison. That's how, that's how we did worship in prison. Didn't have any guitar strings, any instruments or anything like that. But back in the day, that's, that was our, our praise and worship. Hey, Eddie, remember we used to go in the, the, that one ba- that one band, the pr- uh, contemporary music. Them guys can play. Remember Eddie? Well, yeah, no, yeah, they could tour basically. Yeah, I, we were like that. I mean, they were and they and that was sound. They were doing sound Christian songs. I mean, not that you know uh, craziness. Some of the stuff you hear today. You know, and then having that boldness for Christ and, and being able to go into the higher securities, you know, to walk into a higher security. You know, some of these nations' prisons are like concrete tombs. Yeah. And you've got men, and you know as well as I do, you got men that are locked up behind the door, and they've been there for decades, decades, with no communication with the outside world. And, and, and that's my heart for them is that they would come to know Christ as their savior, that there'd be an opportunity for them to hear the gospel and, and to be able to go in there. And I think you and I have both been in the real higher security um, institutions as well, preaching the gospel. I've got a brother that made a cross for me. And what he did was he had smuggled in silver solder in his cell, high security cell. And somehow he had melted this solder down and he scraped off the dross and he started polishing it. And he, he, he shaped this cross for me, and it was just incredible. And he gave it to me as a gift for coming in there and, and preaching to him. And um, it took him over 30 hours to form this cross. And um, it just really makes me think that there's, there's individuals that are behind that cell door that have been there for decades, decades. And they need the hope of, of the gospel. They and need to hear about the love of Christ. What's important is uh, for both of us, but more you, because this is more a full-time thing that I, I'd love to see you get in, you know, and, and the churches, the church here where I pastor, they've been, they, they love the fact that I go in when I was going in and, and, and I praise the Lord for that. But I think what's different is Eddie than other people going in. And though we praise the Lord for other people going into prison, you have skin in the game. We have skin in the game. We've been there. Right. And so tell me, I mean, so you can relate to the convicts a lot more than sometimes, though the other ones do great work and we love them for doing that. You do have a working, you, you can actually know what they're going through. And I think that that means something, you know, Eddie. 
Yeah, I think they open up and I think they trust us. You know, they're a little bit more open and vulnerable with us knowing that we've walked in their the same road that they're walking right now. We've experienced some of the very same things that they've experienced in their lives. And I think it's encouraging for them, you know, when they see the transformation that Christ has made in our hearts and our lives. And I think they catch a glimpse of that and say, Hey, and I always challenge people, you know, I didn't know in my twenties when I was on death row that I'd be sitting here doing this kind of ministry. My greatest sin and my greatest failure, God's forgiven me of that. And he's taken that and all of the difficulties, all of the heartache and the sorrow and the difficulties with my sin, he's using that to conform me into the image of Christ and change me and shape me. And now he's using that for my good and and ultimately for his glory because his gospel's going forth. Yeah, I think that's amazing. You know, God is a, you know, we're, we're all prodigals. We're all prodigal sons. We all need the gospel. We all need the grace of God. We're all sinners uh, before a holy God. So, Eddie, let me ask you a question. What has, um, and probably the last question before I ask you to wrap some things up, how people get in touch with you. What has this time of COVID, how have you approached this as a, as a Christian? And, and um, I'm not going to ask you a view. I mean, just talk to me about COVID. What has it changed? Anything the way you live or family or church or things like that? Well, I, one thing it's done for me is obviously the prisons are closed and um, that's been very, very difficult for me in the sense of, of ministry because my heart is to be inside the prison system and, and, and doing evangelistic ministry, traveling to the prisons, going to the prisons. And um, that opportunity certainly doesn't exist anymore. And of course my family, I'm home more. I'm at home a lot more with my wife and my children, and I'm able to focus um, a little bit more on my family, which has been good. It's been, you know, uh, lockdown time with my family has been good. You know, it's not like you're in prison and (laughs) you're yelling yard closed in the prison. So it's given me more time with my family, but it's also uh, sharpened my skill set a little bit and makes me realize that when we do have the opportunity to go back in, that we really need to not take that for granted. You know, when I look at COVID, a lot of people have ideas on COVID. It's obviously affected not just uh, the United States, but it's affected every single country in the world. And I think that if, if I were an unbeliever, I think it would cause me to really sit up and take notice and to really look at and see what God is doing uh, in the world today. Because obviously, like you said, he that's, is sovereign God and he is in control point. of this. You know, and that's the thing. Um, You think about, for me, COVID, you think about how this, whatever you want to call it, this pandemic, it's just stopped the world. But God is in control. And and, and I just, because he's sovereign, he's in control. And, um, and maybe it's just a time out for us to think about where we were really at. In especially the American church, you know what I'm saying? And we can, we can, we can do a whole nother show on that, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, I I hate to see division over the COVID pandemic in the churches, you know, obviously churches changed. I mean, uh, you're looking at unique ways to shepherd the sheep, you know, and, and to lead them to that pasture and to shepherd your sheep. And, and that's great that we have the technology to do that, but, Unfortunately, sometimes there's division over that as well. 
you know, there's division in the body over the over the virus. And that shouldn't be. We should be united um, as, as God's people, you know. Eddie, and I do want to say this because I got I got it. I got it. In fact, I quickly um, we've become an impersonal people. So sometimes we've got to be careful what we really want. Now that we are impersonal, we people want to go right back. So that's a story for another day. Amen. Eddie, listen, this has been an honor. Uh, you got about a minute and a half. How can people get in touch with you? Because I please. So you can get in touch with me via my email address. It's uh, lowercase. It's em2ministries at gmail.com, em2ministries at gmail.com. Or you can write us at uh, Eddie McLaughlin Ministries, Post Office Box 11432 in Glendale, Arizona, 85308. That's Post Office Box one one four three two in Glendale, Arizona, eight five three oh eight. So we would just covet your prayers. Pray for us. Pray for us. Uh, I covet your prayers more than anything in the world. Just pray for me. God hears and answers prayers. And if you feel as though God's moving in your heart, if you can uh, support us financially, we would really appreciate that. We're a five hundred one three C nonprofit, and all of the gifts to the ministry are tax deductible. So Eddie McLaughlin, my dear friend. Here we are on the radio from prison to the radio. How's that? Amen. Amen, brother. That's- I sure love you guys. Uh, it's just been a pleasure to be here. And I pray that people would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and that they would be born again and that hearts and lives would be changed. God is a forgiving God. And he's, you know, he's like you said, Eddie, he's got a church in prison. And, and uh, praise the Lord that God has given us an opportunity to go back in. Hopefully, we will go back in soon. Well, Eddie, I love you, man. This is uh, Pastor Dominic Romaldi, and you're listening to the Street Talk Theology, and we're going to sign off for now in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Eddie. Amen. Praise God. We we love you guys. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Romaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.